welcome everybody to another episode of the rogue transmission podcast uh we're kind of going off the radar a little bit with this this is a pre-recorded episode super last minute uh i'm dom i'm christian and christian's here with me uh funny enough we were working on a side project uh, i guess we'll announce in the weeks to come it's a fun little project that christian reached out to jeff and, and myself uh some weeks back um be a lot of fun it's something that i haven't worked on in a very long time since college so i'm really looking forward to it it's a lot of creative stuff that, that's going into it so stay tuned for that for more information i don't i'm just gonna leave it as vague as possible <laughs> um and yeah so let's just go ahead and kick off uh stuff tonight yeah we're actually filming at night on for your reference june 12th um so you'll be watching this probably Actually, yeah, tomorrow, June 13th, if it gets uploaded in time mm -hmm. on Sunday. But in any case, yeah, uh, Christian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Tired. We talked about before. I went car shopping today and then clothes shopping because I'm starting a new job in two days. So that's a lot of fun. But um, I'm, I'm glad now that I can just wind down and we can just talk, um, which we've been talking for like two hours already But <laughs> <laughs> before this. But we have some fun topics uh, to talk about. I think they're fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Congrats on the new job. Congrats on the on the car. Yes, sir. Um, that's all exciting stuff. I remember one job in particular. I was looking for for polo shirts back at Sears when that was still a thing, mm. and it was exciting. Uh, I hated the job, but it was <laughs> exciting to shop for it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I don't hate the shot. I hate the job. I mean, I went to Macy's to get like dress pants and dress shirts. So hopefully I don't hate it, but yeah, it's exciting. Exciting, a little bit nerve wracking, but um. I think it'll be it'll be overall a good experience. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll do fine overall. I mean, yeah. you got good people skills. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, I would say for the most part, no one knows this. Uh, Jeff or not Jeff, Christian and I used to work together back in college at this uh, basically a tech program mm -hmm. at, at the local college, and we worked together for about two years until I graduated, and he graduated sometime after me. Uh, basically, yeah, tier one tech support. A lot of pros and cons to that job, but yeah. overall, it, there were some fun memories with that. Job. Yeah, we can we can get into a memory episode about working at that job. Definitely, there's a oh, lot of man. a lot of stories to that job. For sure, man. So, so I could say something right now, but no, I'll exactly. Well, we'll keep that for another <laughs> another episode. Um, but first things first, Dom. I don't know if you've heard about this or anybody listening. If you've heard about this game, just came out. Oh gosh, this past Wednesday. It is called Chivalry 2. I have the game right here, if I can fit this in the frame. There's a lot of glare. There it is, kind of right there. Mm -hmm. Chivalry 2 on the PS5. It's a cross-platform Xbox, the old gen and new gen PC, PlayStation. And it's cross-platform, like I said. Cross-play, anybody can play it across uh, uh, consoles. And it's really cool. It's all multiplayer. This is so much fun. It's like ridiculous and realistic and stupid at the same time um have you heard about this game dom actually i just heard about it today um i had dinner with uh with my nephew and a buddy of his and uh his buddy was a gamer i'm like oh you know like what games do you play mm -hmm. and he was telling me about this game and another one i'm like oh that's cool like i haven't heard of it i was playing like oh yeah that's that's awesome but tell yeah. me about it you know i i honestly don't know anything so 64 online player battles real-time melee combat first 
and third-person view, 30-plus medieval weapons. Cross-platform, burn villages, siege castles. Chivalry 2 is a multiplier multiplayer first-person slasher inspired by epic medieval movie battles. Players are thrust into the action of every iconic moment of the era. I feel like I should be using some, like, movie voice. From clashing swords to storms of flaming arrows to sprawling castle sieges and more. <laughs> um, super fun game, like it said. Uh talking about you can siege castles there's like you go to a jousting tournament it's like 40 v 40 just like go kill oh each other God. team death match um and it is rated m i never noticed that um yeah blood and gore you'll like run into somebody swing your sword and their head just comes clean off oh um, man i've had i've been fighting and like my guy just screams and my sword's gone i'm like what the heck where, where did my sword go and my arm's missing my arm got cut off and it says flesh wound on like the front of my screen. And so I'm just punching him with my left, with my left hand. Cause my sword's gone from my right hand. Oh my God. Cut off. Um, I've seen people get their legs cut, cut off and you're just hopping there trying to fight. It's like Monty Python. <laughs> I'll chop you. <laughs> was, I'll bite your leg off. <laughs> I'll bite your leg off. And there's a flesh wound. So literally that's status. And then there's emotes you can do. Like uh, when you're running, you double tap, uh, for PlayStation and Square, and you do like a battle cry, and like the stock person you get, he's like, Yeah, because he's supposed to be like a squire boy, and it's like the funniest thing. And he's like, I'm trying to sound intimidating, ah, like the, oh like the stupidest stuff, or like it has your mom, like your mom jokes. Um, oh, what was one of them? And it was like, Don't get me started because you're no, you know, your mom can't get me finished. And I was like, so stupid um and then you could find like chickens running around in the market you can pick them up and throw them at enemies and actually cause damage oh my um, god i've seen a pile of poop and you can grab poop and throw it at people any weapon you're deployed with you can chuck it at people pick up their weapons it's it's just so i don't like it just i've never played a game like this and it's just so much fun it's only 39 dollars, which is crazy there's no story or anything um but yeah, I'm, I keep trying to tell people about it because it's so much fun, and I want I I need people to play with. I just do it, <laughs> play with it by myself, which is fun. I mean, there's 64 player battles, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, there's sieges, so you you push up battering rams and siege towers, destroy the gates, walls, then you go in all like it's like a six step like campaign, I guess, in each match, and it's it's awesome. Uh, for some reason, it's reminding me of another game that was on Steam, or it still is. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but yeah, it was like a medieval setting, and you could be like a knight or like a samurai-looking person. For Honor? Yes, I think yeah. that's what it was. And it was a conquest-based game where, yeah, you can hack and slash your way through like command posts, the equivalent of like Star Wars, right? And yeah. I never got it. I never played it. I just never found the time to play it. But like conceptually, it looked a lot of fun. Um, and this just sounds just like it, but like 10 times better and like probably 10 times the amount of things you can do. Yeah, I played For Honor. That came out 2017 on Valentine's Day. And I played the closed alpha, the closed beta, the open beta. And I pre-ordered the game and I played it day one. And I played it all the way up till... December of this past year, 2020. And 
I was a huge advocate for because it it's super competitive and it's not just like, okay, press square and triangle for your attacks and button mash. You had to physically point the joystick in a certain direction of how you were going to attack and you had to defend in that same direction. So if someone threw an overhead strike, you have to block overhead and you can cancel, you can faint, there's parries, there's blocks, there's uh, guard breaks, there's throws, there's special moves, there's unbreak unblockables, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. On all on top of that, you have like by by this time, I think they just added a new character. I'm I'm done with the game. It's it's makes me rage like crazy. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. But then now they have like 40 characters is insane. Um, but like you said, there is a com- there's like domination if you played like Call of Duty or most you know games like that. You have to capture a flag or a zone, and there's team deathmatch, free for all, I think, and elimination. Um, and then there's ones like Conquest, like you have to siege a castle, then ultimately you have to kill the king of the castle or whatever. But mm-hmm. this was a lot more fun because it's less serious, I think. At least for now, it's only been a, not even a week it's been out. But I'm definitely having way more fun. I don't rage at all, which is important <laughs> for me in a game. Like, I need to have fun in a game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I've stayed away from multiplayer games because it's really competitive and I'm at a point in my life where like, I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't have all the time in the world to really try to get super, super skilled at a game and try to like go up the rank, especially with multiplayer. Yeah. And one of the games I was like heavily invested in, at least my version of invested was call of duty. Mm-hmm. And that was like, what was it? Modern warfare one, two and three. I really loved one and two yeah. and black ops one came out. My stepbrother and I, we loved those games mm-hmm. and we got pretty good. He was way better than me. And he did the whole quick scoping thing, which I thought was just ridiculous. Oh, I that As I, yeah. It's just so stupid. It's like, it's skillful to pull something like that off, but it's also so ridiculous that I don't know how people are good at it. Like mm-hmm. how, how do you know when to shoot? Like the, 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 the spinning just like disorients me oh, so gosh. much. So anyway, it's shit like that that got me away from multiplayer and then also college yeah. and I just got less busy. But just the fact that, you know, there were so many players out there that were just so invested to find basically like glitches, so to speak, to yeah. how to break the game. Ways, ways to exploit the game. Exactly. How to, how to exploit the game. So I'm like, okay, well, there goes that. Um and that's why I just focus more on single single player story based games, and then when it came to uh, Battlefront from EA, mm-hmm. I've heard crap about EA, but with that being said, I was still looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be kind of like Call of Duty, maybe, right? I'm familiar with first person shooters. I like Call of Duty. I I love Halo, so maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by Battlefront One for a week, and yes. then afterwards, it was like well what else is there to do exactly i was the same boat and then i tried getting good at multiplayer online and i realized early on just like with with call of duty i just can't get so invested Mm -hmm. i rage quit so many times and i was like that's it i'm done and then battlefront 2 came along i thought would be better (laughs) multiplayer multiplayer did get better but same idea i just didn't have the time it, it definitely is an investment issue because like right now call of duty they have uh, modern warfare came out 2019 i think and then cold war black ops cold war came out in 2020 mm-hmm. 
the integrated war zone which is their battle royale and then they're coming out with another call of duty this year october november which is probably going to be battle royale again so you're having three call of duties involved with this battle royale mode which is extremely competitive because the relaxed players who don't have the time they're not really going in and if they do they're not being matched with the high school players but like me i've invested who knows how many hours and playing all the time because I, ha- I haven't been working mm-hmm. i've had all the time in the world to play games uh i put all this time in and it's it's a very highly skilled group of people that are playing and so someone who like let's say i just bought whatever console and i bought or Warzone's free to play the battle royale and you're going to go in there and play with all these people who've been playing for like a year since warzone has been out and it's really a testament that you really have to invest because even me like i don't play that specific game every day especially with chivalry 2 coming out i'm trying to finish assassin's creed uh i think the three of us talked about um horizon zero dawn i've been playing i finally started playing it um and like some new gun comes out and within the same day the person like masters it gets all the challenges for it camouflages i'm like how do you have that much time to do that Um, it's crazy yeah um and another thing that really takes me off the most which is another reason why i kind of steered away from those kind of multiplayer games is um i think i alluded to to it in a previous conversation Definitely with Jeff. I can't remember if you were part of it. But basically, developers for like two decades minimum, they have incorporated in the programming of games to where the game will recognize if you've died so many times, like single player. If you died so many times, the game will give you a buff secretly Mm. to make you think that you are really like OP, you managed to beat something. And a notorious example for single player is actually doom 2016 um mm. developers had said that because as you know doom is a clusterfuck of you know gameplay just shooting yeah. shit and all over the place right and if you play on a hard difficulty you're gonna be stuck somewhere for like an hour just yeah. trying to beat a nest right that was me so, like two weeks ago <laughs> yeah so you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah okay so at some point you might have realized man like i should have died at some point like it like the amount of times i died i feel like the amount of hits i got this time i should have probably died but i didn't like i Mm. barely survived Mm -hmm. here's why so you have your your health bar at 100 percent. let's say you die 20 times in a row the game's gonna give you 120 hit points but Mm. visually you only see 100 okay So, so it's shit like that that they implement so that the player doesn't rage quit so that's just single player uh, multiplayer call of duty what they do is if it's your first time playing in the day in the lobby whatever the game will give you a secret attack buff or a defense buff so to make sure you get more kills or you win your first match of the day okay, because I, statistically speaking if you don't win you're gonna quit yeah. first match uh so then at some point so then that that would when I, when I heard that i'm like oh my god that explains so much all the times where you know you're shooting someone dead on but they don't die because mm-hmm. they probably have a buff or they debuffed you right and it's just like oh my gosh it's so ridiculous and i actually said in a podcast episode with jeff years ago 
it's rigged and the thumbnail is me pissed off like it's rigged <laughs> yeah i've definitely heard that because i've even heard like specifically with call of duty is that you know you're in that losing streak or whatever it is and they start putting you in higher skilled games oh and or with a team that's higher skilled so they kind of carry you You're like oh finally we won blah, blah blah i didn't get that many kills but we still won you're still getting that victory and I, it's definitely that's what I, I say this all the time i played call of duty for 15 years or something i don't know like something ridiculous um, since modern war since call of duty two or three and it's probably more than that but i have never raged at call of duty never really ever raged at call of duty but never raged more in the past year with modern warfare cold war and Warzone. it is so frustrating for the amount of glitches things that they can they still do not fix they just implement they just keep adding more stuff more stuff more stuff but they don't fix anything it's just and then like you said this the whole thing with uh, the buffs the nerfs oh gosh it's just and that's why i don't know if you're following battlefield they just released their trailer and they're not doing a battle royale and i'm like thank you dice uh all you guys out there they're not doing that crap because I cannot handle another one of these Battle Royale modes. And ironically, I'm going to be playing Battle Royale once we get off this podcast. <laughs> but it's because I'm playing with some with, you know, cousins and friends that we're going to have fun anyways. Yeah. But for me to play by myself, it's really hard, especially because these other games are just... I don't... I get more uh, uh, positivity or get more takeaway. Whereas Warzone, Call of Duty, like now, I'm like, one out of five games are good for me. I'm just like, yeah, it's just toxic man it is and so like i'm not really part of the multiplayer scene at least with console games mm -hmm. um the closest thing i do these days are mobas so league yeah. of legends smite and my buddy nick and i we used to play religiously in college and now that we both have crazy hours with work um we we don't play it that often and before we try to do well on ranked like we got like silver tier mm -hmm. And, uh, but then it's just like, it got so stressful and you have to now, maintain it. yeah, you got to maintain it. You got to keep at it. If you want to try, if not, you're just going to go down that ladder again. So for him and I, we just play occasionally it's, we do PVP casual, uh, you know, and I like PVP just because it's more intense in terms of the, the dynamic that, mm -hmm. that environment, as opposed to let's just shoot some computers. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, the bot, the bot kind of matches are just like, there's no, there's no challenge. Yeah. So that's as much multiplayer I get these days and it's fine. Um, I can't, I can't do FPS games anymore. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, is, you know, how important is video games in the grand scheme of things, you know, what would work family and all kind of stuff. Um, if I could, I would love to make video games into a viable career. That would, that'd be one of my dreams. Um, yeah. I tried to do streaming and, you know, doing videos on YouTube, but, and it was only call of duty. I think I did like days gone walkthroughs, like six of them, but there's just so much com competition in video games online streaming and it's just so saturated the market and it's really yeah. hard to get in there and i think at most one of those call of duty videos were 15 views and um it's hard yeah uh for me i 
as I think I told you, I tr- Jeff and I tried doing like gameplay stuff. Like mm. we do, we talk about games, right? And we realize we don't like that. Trying to worry about talking to an active live audience, if anything, while trying to play a game, it's not fun, at least yeah. for us. Uh, so that's why I want to do more like kind of like a game review slash overview videos. Mm-hmm. So basically I'll screen capture the game that I'm playing. Just play the game. Just enjoy it, right? Just let the computer record. And then I'll record myself talking like about voiceovers it. voiceovers and stuff, yeah. Exactly. Just do all that fun animation stuff. That I think will definitely be more enjoyable because I can focus on gaming when it's just gaming and then focus on talking when it's just talking. Yeah. Because I did that with Days Gone and I was with our walkthroughs. And so I'm, I'm talking while I'm playing. And me... Um, when I play games, I don't really talk, um, especially story wise. Story wise, like Days Gone. I mean, yeah, there's like a moment where there's dom- like a horde of like a thousand zombies like is around the corner. I'm like, oh shoot, like I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like doing a walkthrough, I'm like commenting. I'm like talking about every little thing that I'm doing in the game, and it's exhausting. Yeah, um, you know, I would do. I would post like 45 minute games. The good thing is I don't edit them because it's just a walkthrough. <laughs> so I just I just do it. I That's hit, it. Yeah. Record on my PlayStation with my mic and then straight to YouTube. I don't really care unless I'm doing an intro or an outro, which I didn't. But it's exhausting, and like you said, it's like it's better just play the game, and then after that, you just talk over it. And um, I think that'd be a good avenue. Like you know, there's so many like. Oh, um, like Chivalry 2 just came out. Is it worth it to buy it or kind of thing? Or, you know, or like, or even like themed overviews, like uh, tips for how to beat the biggest, like the, the hardest bosses in God of War, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about doing that for Kingdom Hearts. And mm-hmm. I actually have a rough idea how I want to do something like that, where I'll probably use Adobe Animate. So I, I turn myself into a cartoon character. That way I'm a little bit more comfortable talking in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. And then it just, you know, animates me into a character and then mm-hmm. just incorporate that into a, into a video and then just take images from the gameplay stuff, put other PNGs on top, whatever. And for me, I feel like it's a more creative expression of how I want to do this. It's my version. Definitely. And, and, you know, it's I have fun with it. And for me at the same time, I think I don't want to worry too much about like, how many views do I get? How many comments do I get? How many likes? I think it's more of just like a way for a creative outlet to do something else aside from work-related projects. So going back to the creativity stuff, right? Just something that I personally enjoy and it is mine and I'm okay with sharing it with the world kind of thing. Exactly. It's your, it's your sole creation. You're not having to report to anybody. It's for nobody else except for yourself. And I definitely uh, sympathize with that because... Um, I've been doing you. I've been doing YouTube for I don't know, like five years, and I did. I had one channel um, that I was talking about, like advice for you know whatever it is. Like um, I did one, like uh, gosh, it's like toxic relationships, like advice against them and stuff like that, and just like mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. And they did okay. Um, and then, like I said, I was doing Call of Duty videos. They did terrible and um so this new show called the chosen came out season two is coming out so i'm like oh season two is coming out let me watch rewatch season one because i love that show and um i was like oh that'd be a good idea to do reaction videos and um 
because at the time I was, um, I don't know if you knew this, I built, uh, I was getting a lot of Marvel Legends figures mm-hmm. and I built a whole diorama and every day was a different video that I was uploading. And they got like 50 views, one got like a thousand views, some, most of them got like 30 or 40, which was more than the Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, let me do these reaction videos. So I've done about 20 so far since March and like they've all gotten like a thousand, 1500, a couple of them have like 3000. That's beside the point. The main point is, yeah, it's like, for one, I haven't been doing anything as you know, like I just play video games, watch TV all day. I mean, exercise that's life right there. <laughs> yeah. That's the living the dream. I'm, I was talking to my uncle the other day and, uh, I was, he was like, you're, you're living retired right now. And I was like, yeah, I'm living the life you're supposed to be living right now. <laughs> so that's why y'all, that's why you guys are mad at me. Um, no, but I was like, I can't just be sitting doing nothing, you know, doing nothing. Yeah. I'm doing kind of stuff, but I need a creative outlet. And now that I'm going to be starting work this week, I hope that I'll still have the energy to do those creative things because like you said, I mean, yeah, you're kind of doing creative stuff as part of your job, but it's not really for you. It's not your imagination of what you're trying to do exactly and just me especially with the editing like you said you know do those edits you can text overlays or image overlays or whatever it is that really just gets the juices flowing and you're able to do it on your own time your own schedule instead of like a work like okay this needs to be done today or the end of the week you know like oh i could just take my time and you know and like you said if nobody sees this oh well because you know i'm enjoying this time for myself working on this and it is nice especially like like the project we're working on if only one person sees it that's okay because we had a creative process doing this but if we can get a bunch of people to see this story that we're you know the picture we're painting even better right yeah definitely dude it's it's a nice creative outlet it's like kind of like a uh, release some steam kind of thing mm-hmm and it's something they want to do for a while you know whatever for everybody right everyone has their own niche that they want to get into and yeah with yeah. my job i've done tutorial videos i'm like okay it's great but now let me try something else maybe yeah exactly and i think for anybody listening uh it's important to find that that outlet not even creative i mean because not everybody is has the same ambitions like you and i have creatively um whatever it is i mean you could be creative with playing guitar or piano painting drawing whatever it is i mean um, my mom really enjoys for instance uh she likes interior design and she likes um the garden that we have in the house in the backyard she that's her creative outlet you know quilting is a huge part of what she does creatively Uh, but just something that you can quote unquote escape to Mm. Um, like me, which you know, Dom, and I think you are in the same boat. I love to collect stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's figures, statues, comic books. Um, like me? No. What are you talking me, about? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff behind you. Yeah. Yeah. We're not in my room. I think a couple of episodes we did in my room, but you freaking huge wall behind me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great way. I know people who collect. Um, my dad collected uh, money from every country he used to go to because he did professional oh, soccer, yeah, yeah. and he had money from like Germany and um, South America, different countries in South America, and all this stuff. 
um, and people collect coins or every place they go, they always get those like little license plate with their names on them or, you know, kind of stuff like that. I think that's, it's so cool and fun and it's just a great way to have something other than your, just your work or, you know, family and home life is very important, but again, to have your own time and this is a PSA, make, make time for yourself. Yeah. And then just to clarify, in case anyone got the wrong impression from an earlier statement, we're not dissing anybody's form of creativity, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to do, you do it, whatever you love to do, do it. If it makes you happy, if you, if you get those creative juices flowing, go for it, whether it's mm -hmm. painting, photography, uh, anything, yeah, music, whatever, art encompasses so many different things. Mm -hmm. uh, it's whatever speaks to your heart, to your soul, to your mind. I always say just follow your heart, right? Everyone has a hobby. Everyone has a passion. Go for it. And it's also kind of a plus and if you can kind of turn into a career, but also be, not, be careful. Be can, careful because then it be, if it becomes work, you may not like it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You can, you can, your hobby can become work. And as soon as that happens, you're just like, you just question everything and it sucks. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been in that boat a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, whatever, whatever you can find your outlet to be, go for a more power to you. I think too many people are afraid to kind of do that. And you don't want to be at a point in your life where like, oh, I wish I would have pursued this. I wish I would have done that. Always try it like me. Dom, you know this. I love acting. If I could act full time, I would do it. But financially, right now, my experience and where I live, it's not the most feasible thing for me to do, especially getting paid to do it. Right. Um, but I try to balance it now that I'm working. I still have the weekends. I can still, you know, not even like having gigs, but just memorizing monologues. I've found that I've in thoroughly enjoyed that just doing monologues I did. I, I posted one. Um, it was Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. His monologue that he has with Bruce Wayne when they're in the prison. And I did another one from Lord of the Rings and I did another one from Dark Knight as a Joker. And uh, even that was just so invigorating and fun. So yeah. like I said, anything that you want to do is just go for it. Yeah, just go for yeah. it. And just a side thing, in case there are some people out there that are interested in trying to turn their hobby, their passion into a career. In today's age, I think there's a lot of creative ways of doing that. And I don't mean that as a pun intended kind of thing. No, there are ways around. Like I remember I had a, I have a friend who back in high school, she was into photography. She had a camera and I kind of got the feeling that she wanted to make a career out of it, but she, I guess she, maybe she didn't know how, but her family like just shut her down like mm. that, those ideas. And she never went anywhere with it. And, um, but with photography, yeah, you can get paid doing it. You just got to work hard in the beginning because you got to get the experience. You got to get the gear. Right. And then you got to market yourself. That's the hard part. The, the but, marketing is, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can take photos of, you know, portrait photography, individuals, couples, college, uh, weddings. Like there are so many things out there or even product photography that you and I, Christian, have mm -hmm. talked about with your figures, right? Yeah. I don't plan on making a whole lot of money out of that, but I'm like, I got some ideas of like your Batman figure. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I can get the lighting right on the mm -hmm. angle, right? Honestly, it helps me 
like get an idea out literally on paper onto a photo, but also helps me out artistically and professionally to, to understand the skill of the lighting and all that stuff. Uh, so I think that, that that's still a great resource. And another thing, and I hate to say it, I wish I would have known in college was I wanted to get into games, video games mm -hmm. as a career, but like no one tells you how to do that. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You can find out like how to do movies, but no one tells you how to do video games. It's such a niche market, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do game testing. That's not really much of a career. But I was, I was like, but what other things can you do? Well, I found out back in our days at the hub at, at, at college, some guy came in. He was asking help with for me and another coworker. And we we're just talking, you know, like, how you doing? What's your major? And he's like, oh, I'm a history major. And I just got finished with an oh, internship yeah. at Blizzard. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. how, how did you get a history major into this? And he's like, oh, I was uh, brought on for their story development team. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, so basically what I'm getting at is that you got to find creative solutions to get into these industries. Like I used to be an anthropology major. Mm -hmm. Gaming yeah. companies hire anthropologists because they, they study people you know what what do they like what they don't what they don't like things like that yeah history story development because you got a lot of writing skills graphic artists 3d artists 2d artists like there are so many different ways of how to go into the gaming industry and other careers out there you just gotta like warp it into today's society yeah and there's like you said you have to find a creative solution to get into that market or that a job sector because like i'm a marketing major and i mean everything literally everything is marketed in some way or another and like i would i've applied several times to ubisoft because i would absolutely love to market for them at ubisoft they have amazing marketing campaigns uh half the games that i play are ubisoft uh, rainbow six siege assassin's creed mm -hmm. uh, the tom clancy games uh, just to name a few and like i said their marketing is fantastic and they they have like million dollar budgets for marketing it's insane um, but like you said, video games, nobody teaches you, nobody tells you this because where we went to school, there wasn't really like a video game scene unless you go to like some special arts school, vocational school, whatever it is. Yeah. And when most people think video games, like, oh, um, do you know how to do uh, graphic design or do you know how to use uh, SolidWorks, AutoCAD, you know, that kind of animation software, uh, certain Adobe suites. And it's like, well, no, but there's so many people on, uh, script writing uh but again even script writing it's like how do i get into that field right and that's something something that really teach you and but thankfully we live in such a digital age and i mean we didn't go to college that long ago even when we started um but now i mean 2021 everything's so huge and especially because we're you know in the pandemic even more stuff has become digital. And I think, you know, we're talking about the creative stuff becoming careers. At, at one point, there's so many ways you could put your stuff online. And, and also there's, I think there's people are giving more leeway that you're online and that you don't have a physical business. Mm -hmm. And like you said, photography, uh, if you're just building out, it's so great. Like you could just contact the company like, hey, it's hard times. What if I go to your place and I photograph or, you know, get some drone shots of your building, of your 
office space or whatever it is, and I just do that for free. That's a good experience for me. If it, if you guys like it, you can use it. If not, no harm, no foul. Um, video games again. Everything's streaming. Everything's online. Yeah. Um, music. Um, a couple of my cousins have been writing music during the pandemic, and that's their way to do it. And they don't need to go to some studio in Los Angeles or New York. They could just do it from home. And um, I mean, I think this is the best time to start pursuing your creative outlets to see if you can make them viable careers. Um, I know a lot of people who have gone full-time gaming and full-time whatever it is. I mean, there's so many things you could do. Yeah. And honestly, the biggest advice that I learned at some point, I, it was back when I was a media a major at college was if you're curious of a certain position at a in your field mm. so let's say video editing right yeah. uh, but you don't know what it takes to land a job at a place that has video editors what you should do is reach out to someone that has that job or something similar at a company that you like or just in general that has that position reach out to that person via email be like hi i'm so and so I was re I'm reaching out to you because I'm interested in working the same field as you do specifically video editing, mm -hmm. seeing as you have this job or if you know of other people that have this job, what do you recommend that I should do now that I'm a college student or now that I'm in high school to prepare myself for the career force at that point that makes me marketable. Right. Yeah. So basically they're going to tell you like, Hey, this is what you should be working on now instead of later on kind mm -hmm. of thing, those early stepping stones. And had I, known that like way early on you know better communication of the video game sector right if, if we had those kind of people that were communicating that i think some those solutions would be popping up more and more frequent and, and that's huge advice i mean i didn't hear that till my senior year of college my super senior year of college um as you know <laughs> we, we both kind of took a little bit extra time yeah. uh but and and not till i had like kind of like a mentor at my, at my marketing internship um in 2019 and i mean it's huge advice uh i because uh, when we went to the same school we didn't really get that i mean i didn't get that advice like okay your first year you should be talking to these people in this mm -hmm. industry in this field to see how they got to where they were i didn't get that at all like until my last year um and i think i mean a lot of people complain about American school systems and everything like that and the college system, blah, blah, blah. And you don't really, you probably, I mean, I, I never been to Harvard or Stanford. I don't know if those schools teach that kind of stuff either. Um, but yeah, it's huge advice if to know, to know what you should be doing now so you can be amazingly set up in five years or 10 years is huge advice. And um, of course we know it now. <laughs> you know, right, but had we known it like 10 years ago, that could have changed the whole game for us. You yeah, know, we probably no pun wouldn't have, right? Uh, <laughs> and we probably wouldn't have, uh, you know, jobs that we have now or you know, mm -hmm. in the last two or three years, right? We could have been somewhere totally different. Like I could have been in the gaming industry right now, yeah, theoretically, or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's such good advice that I wish they would teach more. Um, really early on and it's just like it doesn't click like you said until like towards the end of a certain part of your life you're like damn it like that's something i wish i would have known that, that yeah. that's such great great advice yeah and i think 
That's, I mean, it's 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 one way to look at it. I, immediately, I was like, yeah, it's, it's just part of life, you know, opportunities come and go. And um, me and my family were very big on like, hey, that's, that just means it probably wasn't meant for you to do that in your life kind of thing. And as much as we might be like, oh, I, I just really, I really wanted that. I wanted that field in my life. But, you know, um, you know, right now, it's not what's meant for you. And that's not truly what you're meant to do, whether again, not getting super spiritual, whatever that's your destiny or your fate or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm a, I'm a big believer of, you know, we're meant to do a certain thing and be a certain person at different parts of our life. So as much as I wanted to do video games or be an actor right now, you know, maybe that's not what I was meant to do. I'm, and I think it always changes, and I don't think we're meant to be the same type of person through our whole life because what's right? It, it's a whole growing experience. Yeah. Um. I, I, I wasn't so into the whole things happen for a reason kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, until mid college. Um. I used to be a history major, then I switched to archaeology under anthro mm -hmm. because i was like oh yeah i love history i like the indiana jones stuff right it's tangible history you learn about ancient cultures at least that was my interest yeah uh and then just by chance i made my first video as a final for an anthro class okay. and that's what exposed me to video editing in media and ever since then i was hooked and i was going through a career crisis yeah, like, yeah. what do i do right yeah um and then I remember my mentor, who I interned for a year with, he told me, Dom, you might have came into college for archaeology, but you might leave with video. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it happened. Yeah. And looking at that point, when I graduated, I looked back and I was like, all the changes in my major were just stepping stones to get me to where I am today. Whether that's God's will, how the universe works, whatever. Mm -hmm. For me, things happen for a reason. And, you know, do I miss archaeology and history? Yes, I do. But if I were to go back and do it all over again, I probably would have still stuck it out with video or at least try harder for the video game stuff, which is still related to media. Mm -hmm. But here, here I am and here you are, right? Like these yeah. are forming in our own pace. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck with acting. You know, it's great that you have a lot of fun. And I mean, you got gigs already, mm -hmm. you know, but that's great. Yeah. And, and, like I was in the same boat. I started college as mechanical engineering and I thought that was the, you know, the shit. And I thought it was awesome. And <laughs> I had I, no idea, dude. I thought you were more like into like IT stuff. Well, that was my second major. I think when we met, I was in information systems, uh, um, okay. but freshman year was mechanical engineering um, for a whole year. Cause my cousin, um, my mom's side, about six cousins, about five of them live with us going to going to the college that we live the, in the town we live in and um so i got to see all our majors but the first one my cousin mark he did mechanical engineering and i remember the last couple of years he was making like catapults in our backyard and just launching <laughs> things and i was like oh i want to do that like that's so cool yeah. and um in high school i pursued kind of like what what what, what kind of jobs in fresno uh, or central valley or whatever it was or no no detroit michigan was the number one uh paid area in the country and it was like 90 to 120 thousand dollars a year for mechanical engineering engineers and then for our town um the county was like uh 60 to 90 i'm like that's still pretty good yeah 
and um and I was like, oh sweet, I can make pretty good money. And then the first year, you know, it was it was it was it was cool, but it was very hard, very high on math and physics and a little bit of chemistry. And and I was like, I didn't want a desk job. And then information systems was too much data analysis and not data analysis, but too much computation and and the coding. And I was like, oh. I was like, I need to work with people. And that's why I went to marketing. So. But like you said, like I definitely do miss parts of information systems, parts of mechanical engineering. But would I change it and go away from marketing? No, uh, marketing is so much fun. There's so much creation, creativity in marketing, promotions, advertising, uh, copywriting, um, working with a team in general, and of course there's sales, uh, which people argue is is marketing and it's not marketing. <laughs> um, but that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Um, and then the acting was just, I had always been interested in acting. Um, I was talking to my brother about this, um, when I was in LA, um, Lord of the Rings was this, was the spark. Um, Dom, you know, I, I love Lord of the Rings. It's my all time favorite thing of anything. And just, and I think me, not to make this a huge story, but I was an only child. I have a step, a half brother, but he was away in college at a different state when I was growing up. So I was pretty much an only child and a very uh, introverted, um, you know, Dom, you and I are both are, um, at heart at least. <laughs> and um, and Lord of the Rings, I saw like this, not to be ironic or not to be corny, but this fellowship of like these, not just a nine fellowship, but these like 20, 30 people. And they had this such close family and such love for each other and which I didn't really have. Yeah. I have, I have amazing parents. Um, and my brother's a, a very loving and, you know, oh, it's a great family, blah, blah, blah. But still like, it's different, you know, like that sibling friendship type friendship. Um, and I kind of missed that, you know, I had great friends growing up, all, all that stuff, but I saw that and I'm like, that could be such a great thing of acting. And as years went on, finally into college, I took an acting class. And I'm like, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> I remember like sitting, we're all standing on stage, working in different groups and partners. And I remember just kind of one of the few times in my life I've done this, but I was just looking around and just soaking it all in and just realizing where I was, what I was doing. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I've, I, I can share that, that experience. Um, I remember what kind of won me over with media was, I went to go see an advisor from the MCJ department hmm. and uh, right outside his door, there's this whole like billboard and there was a huge like mini poster size flyer of like MCJ students, like do your internship today. Here's where you can intern at yeah. Marvel, Fox, Disney, Lucasfilm, all these big uh. corporations. And I was like, oh my God, like, no way. Yeah, that gets the juices flowing. <laughs> For sure. And I was like, oh my gosh, like Disney or Lucasfilm would be the dream job. Like yeah. it would. And, uh, or at least area. And went in, got the signature, and I switched majors. Um, kept Banthro as, as a minor. I, I had already taken enough classes for it. Yeah. Um, but that's what it was. Yeah. It was just like that, that epiphany moment. And then another part where uh, you said, where you're just looking around, just like, this is awesome kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I remember I was starting to get into media a little bit more and I was understanding a little bit of like video editing, how things are done. You cut a video up, you rearrange it, this blah, blah, blah. 
I remember that epiphany moment was in a movie theater and I was analyzing the movie. I'm like, they mm-hmm. probably did it this way. And I obviously knew jack shit of <laughs> yeah. movie making. I was barely in like testing the waters of it. Yeah. But because I was exposed to the programs and understanding like, okay, this is how it's done more or less. I can be like, okay, this is probably how they framed it this way. Or this is why the shot was done this way to incorporate this feeling or whatever. I was already analyzing the movie as a producing and mm-hmm. perspective. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like it's, I can now dissect this. Yeah. It's such an amazing feeling. And very much to what you're saying, like me as an actor, uh, like just wanting to pursue acting and like, yeah, I've, I've done several gigs and gotten paid for them. I just, I'm always that person. I don't call, call for myself as that person, as an actor or marketer even. Um, but anyways, when I watch movies or TV shows and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I like, how do they pull off that scene? Or like, even like from a director, uh, videographer standpoint, I'm like, Oh, I wonder where they, how they set the camera up. I mean, I'm not going to like what lens are they using, but which maybe you do Dom. Cause you're, you know more about that stuff. Only, only one time I've ever done that. And, but I'll tell you after your story. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, like I'm analyzing and I'm like, Oh man, like, I wonder what he did to prepare for that, that scene or, um, cause I can only speak from my own experience, but I'm just like, Oh, that must've been so much fun to shoot that scene. Like, I think I forget what movie it was, but it was like a food fight scene. And I was like, Oh, it'd be so much fun to do that scene. Uh, oh, it was the episode of family matters. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Oh, oof, way back when, <laughs> um, but you of course know Steve Urkel, right? Yeah. So there's an episode, he goes on this date with this girl and, um, he's because he's always this clumsy kid and he just starts throwing like cake and like champagne everywhere just the the biggest mess of a scene and i'm like as a as an actor i'm like that must be so much fun because you don't really have to be worrying about anything you're just trying to be goofy and silly and just cause mayhem in that scene i'm like that's so much fun because it's a lot of freedom you know you're not really constricted so yeah that's and that's you know what gets my you know kind of just gets me going because i'm like that's so cool it's so exciting yeah yeah for sure uh what were you gonna say yeah so my example was uh have you seen the sabrina show on netflix sabrina show yeah um it's relatively new it's they already finished the series they, they did four seasons it's sabrina it's called the chilling adventures of sabrina the teenage witch oh and yeah so it's kind it's, of like a um retelling kind of basically i think it's more true to the comics i didn't know it was a comic Uh, yeah so uh funny enough sabrina in the comics knows archie from riverdale like that those characters it's in the same universe i don't know about the show exactly blown the comics they exist more or less in the same universe but anyway the 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 comics i guess had this dark tone and what we knew from like cbs uh, 47 that that bubbly girl funny cat funny aunt mm-hmm. no this is like complete 180 it's like dark dark gritty uh they're not afraid to show like blood gory stuff it's not like horror stuff mm-hmm. but it's more just like this dark really mature, dark take mature rating exactly and basically what i'm getting at with this long story is uh opening shot it's like this movie theater and the, the the scene is really distorted and i was like how are they doing that 
Mm -hmm. I only know one kind of lens that does that. Okay. And I looked it up on the show and sure enough, it was the lens that I was thinking about. And I spoke to a buddy of mine from work and he's like, yeah, that's the lens that they use. (laughs) And then they use it not for every shot in the whole show. It's Mm -hmm. often, so it can be kind of disorienting if you're not used to it. But I noticed that they went for that specific lens because there are specific moments where either Sabrina or another character, they're disoriented. They're like out of body experience. And then that whole thing warps the shot. So I'm like, that's why they use the lens. They're going for that for that mood in that moment. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm just sure. like I'm analyzing the scene. And flip side of that, I start to do that too much to where I can't enjoy the movie. <laughs> exactly, and that's what kind of sucks about it from being on our kind of perspective and not just being a kind of average consumer. And it's funny because my dad, we I took we went to Universal Studios years ago mm-hmm. and every show that we watch oh that's a, that's a universal that's universal studios like that's not a real place i'm like okay i get it but like, <laughs> i know what he means because i'm like i can i can watch like uh i was watching stand by me i posted on instagram mm-hmm. uh yesterday they put it on netflix or it's been on netflix it's gonna it's gonna come off june 30th but um the shows the movies from 1986 and there's a scene have you seen the movie dom i haven't seen it but i know of it Okay, there's this one scene that they're running. They're running from a train. Mm-hmm. They're on the trail track, the the train tracks, and it's on a bridge over water. So there's no way they can jump off. And so they're running. These three kids or four kids are running. Um, they're running on the bridge, and the train's behind them. And you could just clearly tell it's a green screen with a train being projected on it. And I mean, I don't know if any average person could tell, but for me, having that, no pun intended, lens that I can see that it's a green screen. I'm just like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that as a kid growing up, no matter who you are, you know that something's off about the scene. Like something doesn't look natural, whether it's mm-hmm. the lighting, right? Especially with like older 70s, 80s movies where you know like that that just doesn't happen. Yeah, It's not until when you get into really the field of media like you and I are, you from acting, you already done some video as well. And me that I'm more into video, we mm-hmm. know now okay, we know that's off, but here's why. Here's how they probably did the shot. It's exactly. amazing because we know how it's done, but then it's like, oh, now we analyze it too we much. Can pull, we can pull it apart. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse of being in the the field, you know, being, have that experience because it, it can take you away from the scene. It can take you away a little bit. I try as much as I can to not and i think more often than not it, it makes me more excited about it um mm-hmm. like oh i did this and this and this to do this scene and it's awesome you know yeah. very rarely i'm like they did this and this and this and i hate it yeah, but yeah. for the most part it just makes me appreciate the work that went into it and i think it just it fuels the fire of why i love you know acting and and film in general and everything that encompasses it like you said being behind the camera editing all that kind of stuff yeah, definitely a lot of fun. It's it's such a whole new world of experiences and knowledge and skill sets. Honestly, I recommend it for anybody. Like, hey, yeah. try it out, whatever, or anything else really. But yeah, it doesn't hurt you to hurt you to try. Just put your foot in it, and if you don't like it, no harm, no foul. Unless you're like paying money to do it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a whole different thing. Um, 
Christian, I think we got enough time for one more topic. What else we got? Actually, what's funny is that we officially covered one topic on your list, and we just <laughs> went down this rabbit hole. <laughs> but honestly, like it was very energetic and enthusiastic. So I mean, one this one that one topic was was pretty great. It was ironic that I started with Chivalry Two, and we just went through this whole thing. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. How much time we have? We're just under an hour, but if we're over, I personally don't don't care. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with this next one because I think it's gonna be the less amount of the least amount of time. But traveling, and I mentioned this before, but so what I what I'm talking about is, are you a person? It's a multifaceted question. Are you a person who likes to travel, whether it's you know domestic, just in our state? Uh, do you like traveling within the country? Do you like traveling internationally? Have you traveled internationally? And the reason I ask this is because Memorial Day weekend on Monday, Memorial Day itself, I went to um, General Sherman's tree. It's, the, it's apparently the largest tree in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with two old coworkers uh, and we went in one car and then one of my coworkers, her parents took their own car and they went separately. And I was talking to her parents and they were saying they don't really ever go anywhere. They don't really have the, not the will, but the, the incentive and I guess incentive, but desire, desire. That's the word. They don't really have the desire to, they're like, nah, I'm fine. Just being at home and not really going anywhere. And for me, like my whole family is huge on like traveling the world and going here and there and here and here, you know, going everywhere. And I can elaborate where we've gone, but I wanted to see, you know, what your thoughts on traveling, you know, your kind of history with traveling, things like that. Yeah. So, um, I guess I, I can relate to your coworkers. I am not super big on traveling. Um, I think that's just partially me being lazy. Um, <laughs> and maybe due to my introverted nature, but, I think it just really depends on what the destination could be. And I, I've done I've done my first year of traveling. Most of my time traveling has been here stateside, mm-hmm. uh, specifically here in California. Yeah. And I've gone to like San Francisco, Monterey. Uh, one of the new places I went to was uh, Morro Bay a couple years ago Very nice. uh, for a bachelor party. Uh, we, <laughs> we didn't do anything crazy, crazy. Yeah, okay, sure. Anyway. We, we can't say it on the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, went to Sacramento. Uh, that was actually work-related. And then a second time was with my wife and her brother for a concert. Uh, Which was it? What was it? Uh, dang it, I'm blanking on the name. But there are, it's uh, two guys. They're always on the radio. Um, Dang it, I wish I could just shout out my wife's name, but I don't want to do that right now. You're <laughs> um, like, hey, babe. Yeah, right? Um, dang it, is it... I'm, I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, they came like two years ago to, to Sacramento. If it, okay. comes to, it comes to mind, I'll say it. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe you know this too. Like This guy says, like, level of concern. I don't know, I'm doing terrible at it, but... Got a good mel- melody going. Um, yeah. No, I don't. This is so familiar, but anyways. Yeah, but anyway, they, they came uh, to, to Sacramento. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Been to went to San Diego actually about four or five years ago to the aquarium down there. 
Um, and then I love going to Disneyland. That's like my number one destination here in California. Hmm. Uh, be- before the COVID hit, we had invested in the annual passes and we used it three times. And I loved it. Like, just, just go like every Halloween, every winter. Let's just go and yeah. have fun. See, I'm not a big Disneyland fan. I went. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like a sacrilege to say in this country, especially in, living in California. Um, I went. See, that's the thing. I think a lot of parents bring their kids too young and it scars uh, them. Yeah. And it scarred me. I went once when I was like, like a baby. I had, had no recollection of it. Then I went when I was like five or six mm-hmm. and I screamed my head off and cried my head off the whole time. I hated roller coasters. I didn't go again till senior year of high school for our senior trip. And that was a lot of fun because at the time I was with my girlfriend at the time and I was with some of my best friends there. It was a lot of fun. And um, it was like at nighttime and they, they closed it down for everybody else except for the high schoolers which is cool. Um, and then I, I went to Universal Studios twice. Um, last time I went was 2019, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, I guess I just have had the biggest experiences with Disneyland. They're the best experiences with Disneyland. But um, going back to traveling, California is a beautiful state to travel in. And I've heard that California is one of the top not just tourist tourist destinations, but it's one of the most beautiful states to explore. Mm -hmm. We have so many things in California, like you said, San Francisco, um, San Diego, Morro Bay. We have so many, such great beaches. I mean, I've been to Morro Bay, Cambria, Pismo, Avila, uh, Pajaro Dunes is up in by Monterey, Monterey again. Um, San Francisco Bay is really beautiful. Sacramento is really nice. Um, there's just so many places in, in, in California. Um, myself, I've been to all those places that I just mentioned. Um, Palm Desert, Palm Springs, which is just so awful. It's the devil's butthole. It's so freaking hot over there. I went 2016. It was 116 degrees. Oh, man. In monsoons at nighttime. Like, no wonder people go to die there right (laughs) gosh i was about to die and i was like 18 um just terrible weather um the lake tahoe is gorgeous um shaver lake yosemite i've been to those really nice um but out of state my brother used to live in oregon so i I, we went up there for uh, several times beautiful state as well near portland just the most green state you could ever go to Whereas us living, especially where we live, just yellow, <laughs> everything's dead. It's so hot. Yeah. Um, the, like, Ca- California is a state that's meant to be muggy, dry. It's a state, the, the way it exists right now, environmentally, ecologically speaking, it should not exist that way. It's, it is a man-made state in terms of how it's, it is today. Yeah, unless you live like in, like I said, Yosemite or like the mountainous regions, it's beautiful up there. It doesn't really get that hot, but um, like Southern LA, Central Valley, it's it's, it's so hot. It's like we live in the Dust Bowl, is what it's called. Yeah. So anything outside of Central Valley, you're gonna find a lot of beautiful beautiful places. See this here, Nevada's, the Sequoias, uh, the coastline. Actually, mm-hmm. some ever since like uh, Eric and I have met, we've done trips to the coast. Like our one year anniversary, I surprised her. 
uh, I took her to uh, uh, Santa Cruz mm, and uh, we were nice. there for the weekend and it was actually my first time going as well as hers, I think. But she knew we were going to Santa Cruz. But the second day we were there, I surprised her with a special area to, to go to. It was there, like the Redwood Forest over there. And mm-hmm. there's this whole area, like campsite. But it's it's a tourist spot because it's like this whole uh, train station area where you can pay to get right. And you go up the mountain mm-hmm. in different tracks. And you come all the way down. It was like yeah. the old uh, like steam engines. And oh, very cool. And she, we were just blown away by the scenery. That was the the surprise, and uh, I definitely recommend that. Actually, what's funny, I got the idea from our old coworker Colton, his wife. Mm-hmm. They had they went up there for a trip, and mm-hmm. uh, the, I was like, "Where did you go?" And, and she was like, "Oh, it's over here." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I need that as an idea." Um, <laughs> so went there for the first time. I've been to Yosemite a few, Shaver Lake, Oakhurst. Um, uh-huh. I'm trying to think of another one. Um, so you mentioned that California is a dry state. It's like a lot of yellow shrubbery where, and whatnot. Where we, if you're driving on the 99 highway, it's just all dry up all the way down to Los Angeles, all the way up to Pacheco Pass, Gilroy area. That's just all dry. Unless we have amazing rain, which we don't always get that much rain where we live. Um, but yeah. There's one spot that contradicts everything about that. It's a little bit past Sacramento. It's called, it's a little, it's not really little. It's a town called Chico. I knew you were going to say Chico. Yeah. Yeah. And I went there back in 2017 to take a a graduation photo shoots, uh, for my, my friend's sister. Mm -hmm. And we all went up there. We made a trip, a weekend trip out of it. And I was so blown away by all the greenery there. She told us this this town is called the City of Trees, not just for the amount of trees in the city, but also for the diversity of trees. They had oh, trees yeah. from different countries in the world, like some from Japan. She lived in an apartment complex where they had like bamboo trees. And I'm like, what? Like, wow. it was so astonishing. And they mm. had this huge ass park that mm. was just miles and miles, just so much green. It was so beautiful. And I told my wife, I'm like, if we were to ever move to a different town in this state, I would want to live here. It's so damn beautiful. Yeah, I've only seen pictures and it looks gorgeous. And I like, we have a timeshare. Our family has a timeshare and we're trying to find places to go. And especially California, because we don't want to fly anywhere. Um, And I'm like, I want to go to Chico because I've seen and heard amazing things about that city, that town. Um, And yeah, like just you saying that, I'm like, okay, I'm moving up there. Like y'all got, you got companies. I can market for you. Let's do it. It's like, yeah. It sounds beautiful up there. Yeah, it really is. And like they have a basically their their equivalent of old town up there. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of pubs, bars, restaurants. The one that we went to, it was like so much shit on the walls. It was just it, bl- it blew me away. It was like oh man, I don't know really how better to describe it, but it was just crazy outback bar. It, I forgot the name of it. I think it was like called like the Bearer Diner or something. I don't know. But very much like downtown kind of feels exactly and it was the, it was just crowded with people they had a back like outdoor backyard section mm-hmm. that you can just chill out on chairs and, and tables awesome. and inside was just overly crowded but it was fine that was the atmosphere it was yeah. like a co- oh i think this was why because the town is notorious for having so many college students that's where they all congregate makes sense 
but it was it was amazing. I definitely recommend people to visit that town if you live in California. Yeah, and I think being in our 20s, I think it definitely appeals to me. Who knows when I'm 30s, 40s, it might not appeal to me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many places in California. Um, that sounds like so much fun. Now I'm like, okay, we're going. Uh, <laughs> another place, Napa Valley is beautiful as well. Mm -hmm. That's another place that's kind of close by. It's three and a half, almost four hours up north. Gorgeous. I've been there twice. Um, just green for the eyes, till the eyes can see or whatever the phrase is. Um, as far as the eye can see, is just green, beautiful. Um, there's gondola rides through the mountains, through the trees, beautiful. Another place um, kind of by Morro Bay, might be like an hour or so. Cambria Beach is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, right next to it is Hearst Castle. Oh, yes. Have you been to Hearst Castle? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we went back in uh, 2018, first time. Oh, man. It's such such a wonderful tourist attraction. And one thing I didn't know, there's exotic animals on that property. Yeah. I did not know that. There's, I saw a zebra there the second time I was there. Mm -hmm. um, because I forget his first name, but Hearst, uh, the guy who built it, he had rhinos, giraffes, uh, elephants, I think zebras like i said crazy wolves uh for like tigers and stuff it was insane um and i feel like it's a lot of people in california do not know it's there mm -hmm. um my first time i went there was a high school trip my senior year i think it was senior high school and then the second time uh junior of um i don't know i'm lying to you whatever i went twice um the second time we were taking a family trip to to cambria and my brother had it my parents none of nobody went because i went as a trip for school so mm -hmm. we all all four of us went up to hearst castle and i oh, just i love it there it's so cool the neptune pool the the other pool that he that. has the, the roman the, pool or something because mm -hmm. yeah. he has two yeah one's roman one's greek and one's indoor one's outdoor so cool and the rooms you know if you don't want to fly and you don't want to travel internationally to see like a medieval castle um that's a great place to go and also napa there's this uh Castillo de Amarosa is a winery in Napa as well. And this guy was a huge fan of Spanish castles um, in Spain, of course. And um, and he built a castle in Napa to mirror a Spanish castle. Huge castle. like It's like I've been to Spain and I've seen and walked in castles in Spain. And it literally looks exactly the same. Minus maybe the bricks don't look as old. Um, but then he has a, he has a huge cellar where all the wine tasting goes wow. in basement. Um, so another place, another awesome castle if you don't want to fly internationally. That's amazing, man. I love seeing the old architecture. And that's one thing that really blew, blew me away with Hearst Castle, which just like so many styles incorporated into one area, so many different art pieces. Like there's that whole long table, right? The dining area in that, in yeah. that, in that castle. Uh, the the two pools like i'm a big fan of like ancient greek stuff uh, the mm -hmm. mythology i loved those pools and then there is in that courtyard there's that oh, yeah. actual egyptian statue yeah they, i didn't know that that thing was like actually from, from that le country legit yeah yeah it wasn't was a like, replica yeah and they said yeah they they brought it from egypt i'm like son of a gun like 
this guy was motherfucking rich. <laughs> yeah, he he. I don't know. I don't remember what he did, but like he was making bank. He spent so much money, and I think he passed away before everything done. was Yeah, before it was done, and I'm like, that's crazy. And they keep they kept going, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're still constantly doing. I mean, obviously they did renovations and maintenance, but mm-hmm. um, I think they're still adding. And it's just I now I want to go again because it seriously is a gorgeous uh, estate land, whatever you want to call it. Ironically, everything else is dry around it. The whole hill on the drive up was dry. Yeah. Um, but still, it doesn't really take away from the castle itself. And like you said, there's so many different pieces of history. Like there's uh, the Roman, the Greek, then he has medieval Gothic. Um, I used to know every style of medieval architecture, mm-hmm. um, but like I'm huge in history as well. And um specifically medieval and then going back like celtic and nordic and stuff like that but yeah just such a cool place and the amount of detail that he put into it and um i think like on the drive up on the bus they play you like a movie like you know pictures from like oh early, yeah, yeah, yeah early 1900s of you know how everything was and it's so cool to see all that stuff I'm, I'm a huge huge nerd about that kind of stuff yeah dude so am i um and then if you go like two, three times, they have different tour routes. Yeah. Uh, so they'll take you to different areas of the whole estate. I think there is some overlap, but it, each one is like a different set of time uh, and just different areas. So it's definitely worth going a couple of times. Uh, I would say just space it out. I was just going to say that reminded me because I did one different tour the two times that I went. But one of the tours, which is unique to one of them, you get to see his library, um, which I don't know if you saw the library. I don't think so um massive and it was so just utterly gorgeous he had like this walk-in fireplace sorry hold hold that you're thought fine. my cat is going crazy at my door no, i'm gonna have fine. to edit this out okay <laughs> no problem dude my cat was just going crazy at the door he's just like lifting up the carpet like oh my gosh i was hearing this entire time Ay. Now you're just in the room. Sorry, you were saying, please continue. Side note, I just was on Instagram. Um, I had it open, and it says, The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, New Line Cinema is bringing a Lord of the Rings anime film. Oh, I did hear about that. I thought it was an actual feature-length film. Like, oh, that's great. On top of the show by Amazon? This is interesting. Um, Awesome. Don't know what to make of it. We'll see. Uh, But I was saying... Yeah, the library that he has, gorgeous. The woodwork, amazing. The the you know, the carpets and rugs that he has in there uh, has a walk-in fireplace, which is just crazy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, house goals later on. Right. <laughs> but um, have you been anywhere internationally, like across outside of U.S.? Um, yes, that was gonna be the next thing I would eventually bring up. The only place I've been outside of the u.s is mexico mm-hmm. specifically uh monterrey nuevo leon that's mm-hmm. that's that's my mom's hometown okay and i've been there twice it's literally been like 20 years since i've been there last did not enjoy it either time <laughs> yeah <laughs> one time i went i literally got the chick box um <laughs> worse worst vacation ever if you can call it that uh-huh. uh but that's really the only time we have family over there um I don't really have a desire to go back to Mexico. I, I, yes, I have family, but I'm not really close to them. 
what would get me out of the country is for specific tourist spots. Going back mm-hmm. to the history, I love Egypt. I love Greece. I would love to see the pyramids. I would love to see like the Parthenon in oh, Greece. City sick. Yeah. Uh, uh, or seeing like the Mayan or Aztec temples in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but then again, I gotta get over my fear of planes. Okay. That that freaks me out. Like I will have like the worst panic attack ever if I get back on a plane. And the Final Destination One movie does not help. <laughs> I know it's a movie, but I it freaks yeah. me out every time I think about it. I can definitely sympathize with you because I've been to Mexico two or three times. I've been to Portugal. I've been to the Azores Islands, which where my mom is from. My dad's from Mexico, um, and I've been to Spain. All those times, no problem. And mind you, going to Portugal and Spain, Portugal was like an 18-hour flight or 16-hour flight. Spain was like six hours and then another five hours, two separate flights. Perfectly fine. No worries. I had no problem. But I went to San Diego in 2019, summer of 2019. We It was like a 45-minute flight. We lifted off from here and... I got the biggest like panic attack. We landed panic attack a week later, came back home, lifted off panic attack, landed panic attack. And I'm like, what is going on? And now we're supposed to go to Spain again in 2020, but of course COVID hit, we didn't go. And like, I have written down, like, I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to Ireland, Scotland and Norway. Those are like my big trips that I want to go to, but I'm like, can I handle being on a plane again? And like, am I at? A, am I getting to like an age where like I'm just like, because my mom's she she hates she doesn't hate flying, but when she gets on it, like she's just like eyes closed, does not want to think about lifting off or landing. And me and my dad always give her a hard time, like, oh, you don't just feel like that because we're just like, like mom, look out the window, like we like I would be like putting my head out the window to watch because I loved it. But when I went to San Diego like a year ago, I'm like, I hate this. Like yeah. I want to jump out of this plane. <laughs> it was so weird. So I think it just, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's just definitely when I landed coming back home though, it was definitely the pilot's fault because he was like, all right, we're going to be landing soon. He's like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die 50 feet from freaking my home. But um, yeah, uh, flying is scary. Um, No shame on anybody who's afraid of flying, who doesn't want to fly. It's I I can definitely understand it. It's very, it's traumatizing. It de- it really is because when I went to Spain, that was the last trip. I went to Spain in 2016, and I don't remember what part of the the, the journey what it was, but he was like, okay, we we need we're gonna have some altitude problems. Um, we have to drop a couple hundred feet. It's only gonna be like a split second. You won't really feel it, but we have to do it because the course or the weather, whatever it is. He's like, okay, brace for, brace for it. I'll let you know in a couple minutes when it's going to happen. He's like, all right, everybody, it's going to happen uh, in like 10 seconds. And just goes, <laughs> like, literally, like, drop like 500 feet with like that. It was the worst feeling I've ever had in my whole life, aside from when I got really sick. Um, oh but my like, God. the worst I would ex- freak out. Oh my gosh. My mom was just like, <gasps> and. And mind you, it was like a nine-hour flight that, or whatever it was. Like we had to be still on the plane for like another couple hours. And oh, that sucks. And that's not even the worst of it. Like I've heard people like 
terrible turbulence. I've had pretty bad turbulence when I went to Portugal and you're just there just like <laughs> and like midnight and people are trying to sleep like you get waking up with that. And not so to mention like people crashing in the water like gosh, it's freaking insane. That's that's the shit that scares me the most. Like I think there was an article that came out that like some plane in California crashed within minutes after takeoff. I'm like, how the F does that happen? Like that's, that's the kind of shit I definitely want to avoid. And then the last time I went to Mexico, I think it was on the trip back. Um, it was just my mom and myself on the plane. I think my dad left early. Mm-hmm. Um, the trip back middle of the night in a thunderstorm. Oh my gosh. I was freaking out, dude. Like I wanted my dad there and I was trying to like hold close, hold on to my mom tight like that's the stuff like I'd really want to avoid. And then like I am so paranoid because of that and also movie stuff and what you hear on the news. Of course, it all just seeps into your brain. Yeah, and we have relatives that just moved to Oklahoma. There are talks of going over there for Thanksgiving. And I'm just torn. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I want to visit you guys, but I don't want to do the traveling like – no. You're, like, you're like, can I drive? That's why I said, I was like, I told my wife, part jokingly, part seriously. Serious, like, yeah. the, only, the only way you're going to get me to go to Oklahoma is by car. I don't care. It takes two to three days. I don't want to be on a plane. But dude, if you did drive seriously, how beautiful that drive would be. Mm-hmm. Because I've had family who have dri- driven that kind of, that similar route. And it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, and I think that's becoming more of a trend, especially because of COVID, is taking like driving trips instead of plane. But yeah, I definitely, I was just like, gosh, all these different things. And like we mentioned before, like talking about anxiety, just like, oh my gosh, it just, it just hits you hard. And I'm like, like, oh, you know that story that happened last month, that plane crash? That's that's me. That's me and these all, all these people. Like, And of course, like you can't think that way if you really want to enjoy things in life. But of course, you can enjoy things in life without taking a plane yeah but like i don't know i think the people that can really get over that stuff are the extroverts they're the ones that are like that mental barrier does not exist i think they we talked about that, for it. that mental barrier yeah yeah um like our old friend robin from, from mm-hmm. the hub he was all about like traveling doing different stuff like i remember he went all the way to canada mm-hmm. for like a, a weekend and yeah. I'm like dude like how do you do that like how, how do you just like turn on and off that switch i can't do that that's mm-hmm. that's amazing all the more power to you but i think us introverts struggle because mm-hmm. of like there's that, that anxiety and just like that sense of control that we need and mm-hmm. the unknown just like ugh. and i think when i was a kid because when i went to mexico i was like second grade fourth grade fifth grade you know portugal i was, I was really young and even spain i was only 16 um and I think when you're when that age, you're just kind of like that turns off. You're not really aware. You don't really care. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not like we're super old or anything. Um, and I'm only a couple of years younger than you are. But even now, it's just like you're more aware of things and, you're, and you start processing everything and everything is you start associating with, OK, what's the risk involved? What I'm doing? Um, and I think that's a big part of it. And I think that might have been you know why I freaked out on that plane to San Diego. But it's just like. I'm like, crap, now I'll never get to travel anywhere. And it was funny because yeah. one of the guys that I, because it was my mom's business trip and I went with her. Um, and one of the guys that she works with, 
he hates planes. And so he just got drunk before he got on the plane. And I'm like, that's funny. And it's kind of smart, but I feel like that would make me feel worse because I'd want to throw up. <laughs> All the turbulence, right? Yeah, was well, I was already wanting to throw up just from the panic attack. Oh yeah, that, that's I'm not like, a joke. I was just like, oh, I was like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, and then I had to sit next to some random chick, and she's like, she's like our age, and like the peer pressure, like, like if it was like a person like completely different, like forty years older or whatever, like it's whatever. Um, I mean, at least for me, um, yeah. like when I teach and present in front of people that are way older than me or younger than me, I'm fine. But if they're my age, I immediately get like, oh, these people are judging me. These are my classmates, my colleagues, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's like my age. And I'm not legit, dude. I was so I was like, this is how bad me panicking was. I almost like held her hand because I needed that like support. She's like, uh, excuse me, I don't know you. <laughs> Just bear with me for two seconds, please. Uh, okay. Like imagine. I remember it was funny. I had a panic attack in Universal Studios. Um, well, not panic attack, it's motion sickness, and I got really nervous and sick. And I was with my girlfriend at the time. She was on my left, and then my cousin was on my right, and his girlfriend was on his right. Um, have you been on the Harry Potter ride in? Um, no, I have not been to Universal Studios since mm -hmm. I was a baby. So okay. We're actually going to go for my brother-in-law's birthday in September, if that's still a thing. So that's going to be my first time, and I'm excited. And I love it there. It's so yeah, cool. so looking forward to it. Um, so the Harry Potter ride, one of the, one of the parts, they put you like in these chairs and the harnesses, and your feet are suspended mm -hmm. for part of the ride. But um, one part of it, it's just it's just all moving. It's kind of like a roller coaster. But then like the last forty percent or whatever it is, is a screen. And me, I get car sick easily, motion sickness. So I got sick. And so I started freaking out and I'm holding on to my girlfriend's hand and my cousin's hand. And at the time, me and my cousin were not close at all. Like me now, that's fine. But like I was holding on to his hand or his like mid thigh because I couldn't <laughs> find his hand. <laughs> and oh I, was just, I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like I'm freaking out. And he was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I just, oh gosh, this is a terrible experience, but that reminds me of um so so my wife and i we were broken up for about a year mm -hmm. you, you probably remember this I remember, I remember that, yeah. yeah uh so when we got back together that same year we went to disneyland together for the first time oh. and it was halloween Ooh. first it was my first time going on halloween i was blown away by the decorations the music uh and i hadn't really been to disneyland since one time in high school and before that, I was a baby, like two years old. So Disneyland for me was a very new experience. Definitely. So then we went to Hollywood, uh, or so yeah, we went to uh, Disneyland, and also it was my first time going to California Adventure that same uh -huh. time. So we also went with some friends. We, we it was like a couples trip and families kind of, um, and we went to California Adventure, and they were like. Uh, I was freaking out. I do not like roller coasters. So we went to Same. Space Mountain and I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Even Star Tours, I was freaking out because of that virtual thing. I was not used to it. Yeah. I feel then you. I will not go to Six Flags to ride roller coasters. I will not do that. I will be there to hang out with friends, walk around. I'm cool with that. Same. But California Adventure, biggest roller coaster I've ever been on was the Incredicoaster. 
And yeah. at first I freaked out because it just does that big like dash in the beginning. Uh-huh. And then after that first time, I was like, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, you got the adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like all for it. And the second time we went was then in December, two months later, first time for Christmas. I loved it even more. Wow. So then that's when yeah. we were like, let's do annual passes. Let's go for holiday special occasions. And I'm a December baby. So I was like, let's go oh, for my birthday. Perfect. Uh, so that second time, I freaked out again with roller coasters, but then it got easier every yeah, time. You ease yourself into it. Yeah. So that's like my one, number one place to go. And I know I said it before, but I, I love Disneyland California Adventures. And then that's the most I'll do with roller coasters. Aside from that, I'll freak out too much. Yeah. See, like I, I want to love Disneyland so much because I know so many people have a huge love for it. And like now that they have, um, what's the Star Wars land or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. you know, Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that they have that, now they have Avengers Campus. Um, and now I'm like, okay, I really want to go. I really want to go build a lightsaber or buy like the legit, you know, Luke Skywalker or no. Um, I really want Obi-Wan's lightsaber. That's the thing that's my, my number one mm. that I want to get. Um, I really want to go do that. I want to go like the, they kind of have like the cantina kind of thing from a new hope setup. I think and there's, a, there's another one in LA. Um, it's like some bar whatever. Um, and then Avengers campus, like I said, um, like they have, I don't know if you saw or if you follow IGN on Instagram uh my wife sent a video with me with the whole spider-man stunt thing yeah that was pretty cool um and then they they talked about like um there's oh gosh it's like oh gosh pim industries or pim corporation hank pim you know oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. Him, man um that's where they make all the food so it's kind of cool like uh pim laboratories i think is what it's called and um I was like, that's so cool. I love that. And because I, when I went to Universal Studios, the kitchen is the uh, Despicable Me. It's like the Minions Laboratory. And so everything's themed after that. So I'm like, that's cool. But like, imagine Marvel, like Avengers themed stuff. I'm like, that's really yeah. even cooler. Um, so now, and now you say, because I love anything. Christmas is my favorite time of year, favorite holiday by far. I love it so much. And, um, I used to, we used to go to San Francisco like three or four years in a row because they decorate the whole city for Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The Bay Bridge, they put lights on the Bay, the Bay Bridge. Um, there's City Hall. It's lit up with these huge red and green lights. Um, Union Square has an ice skating rink, huge Christmas tree, giant ornament balls. I would just call them. Look at the big balls over there. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful. And so you said that it's decorated for Christmas in Disneyland or and California Adventures? Yes. Uh, I, I don't think as much in California Adventures, but definitely Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, like the um, the main entrance where you buy your tickets and where you go to the passes, that whole top is just like for Halloween. They have like these huge pumpkins in the shape of the Disney character heads, like Donald, Goof, Goofy, Mickey. And then Christmas, it's like a lot of the fake snow, right? And all that. And actually, uh, Main Street, when they do the the, the big like fireworks show, mm-hmm. the light show, for Christmas at least, they start at some point spraying fake snow on the crowd. Oh, awesome. It, it is so beautiful definitely worth it okay definitely want to because i have my cousin he, he just got married and so um 
and him and his wife have uh annual passes as well so yeah dude and now i have a car now i'm working <laughs> dude um gosh we gotta we gotta make i mean i don't have a, a wife or anything but um regardless i think you know it'd be i would love to go with a group of people yes so and now knowing that you you really enjoy it i think uh and i and like i said i really want to go and i want to regardless of getting on huge rides or whatever it is i really want to go and so I think that'd be a, that'd be a cool plan for a future trip. Yeah, I, I'm totally down for that idea. Uh, but yeah, definitely go with a group of people. And I think going back to what you were alluding to, like why you don't enjoy it or even other people that don't, if they're exposed to it, they probably are kind of like uh, desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, it's whatever. I've been to it. It's like going to the local bookstore. It's whatever <laughs> yeah, kind of thing, exactly. right? But if you're someone like me, who you've only went to like once or twice as a baby and you spend your majority of your life not going, but you know of it and you love Disney, you love all these characters, you're like a kid and it's your first time. It's like Christmas morning. That's mm -hmm. how it is for me every time. Okay. Because like their motto is like Disney, Disneyland or whatever, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. And I'm always like, no, my house is the happiest place on earth. Like I don't have to pay $5 for a water. Like that's our mentality. That's yeah. my dad's mentality. That's and that's that's my parents. I mean, we're not huge on going to like theme parks. We never have. Um, uh, funny enough, we were in LA. And my mom tells me she's like, "Oh, I remember taking my brother's name is Robert." So I remember taking Robert. Uh, she was like, "I was twenty-one and he was, or no, she was. I was thirty-one and he was eleven, and the two of them just went to Disneyland. The two of them, mm -hmm. and I'm like, how come? It's like how come we never just did that kind of thing? <laughs> and um, She's like, because it became too expensive when you came with the picture. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, like definitely desensitized, and it was never anything like um, that, like great or anything to me. And um, that's unmasculine. It's un-American, yeah. Like I said, sacrilegious. Like it's like saying you don't like football, um, and uh, which I I've gotten better into liking football, but that's a whole different story. Um, it's a whole different podcast episode. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, the last relationship I was in, uh, she, my girlfriend at the time, she was huge on Disneyland. She loved it absolutely. If she could go all the time, she would. Um, and then the girl that I was dating before, same thing. And her and I went to Universal Studios because Disneyland was too expensive. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Gosh. Um, but, like I wanted so hard to like it. It's just the experience that I had as a little kid wasn't that great. And mm -hmm. um, I was talking to my cousin who they have a little boy, he's 13 months old and she's pregnant with another, her second son. And they went to Disneyland this past weekend when we were in LA as well. And he's like a year old. And I'm like, that's awesome that you're taking to him. I'm, I'm sure you and your husband are making great memories, but it's like your son will never remember this. He'll never know that he went to Disneyland. I'm like, save the money. Maybe, you know, do trips, not for him, but do trips for the two of you. Mm -hmm. But when he's older, take him on those trips. That way he can remember like them. 10 or something. Yeah. Exactly. When he can have that um, relationship with the character, because that means the world to a lot of kids. You know, they see Mickey Mouse for the first time. I feel like they're not the biggest characters now for kids. But when we were kids, they're huge. Yeah. Um, now it's more like uh, Captain America or Spider-Man or whatever it is because they're still 
but but that, that doesn't diminish you know the, the experience but yeah i think if my parents would have taken me when i was like 10 12 you know seventh eighth grade then i would have been like oh i love it i can't wait like you know when are we going to go to disneyland again um i don't know and then i know people they travel across the world to go to disneyland um but I, I was talking to my cousin who lives in LA. We really want to go to um, Disney World in Florida. Yes, my wife and I have talked about that. We were planning on making a trip out of that when we got married, but it just didn't happen. Like that would be our honeymoon. For, like do a whole week there. Yeah, because I know it's freaking huge. It's it's ginormous. You need more than one day to go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I felt I was gonna make some additional comments about it. Oh. Uh, the last time we went, we discovered a few things about how to make the park a little bit more accessible in terms of like ease. Um, so we all don't like long lines, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's to pay for a ticket, to go inside, whatever. Definitely take advantage of the max pass if that ever becomes a thing again. Yeah. Because the first time we went, so that was when we got back together. We did 13 rides in one day and it was just like, that usually doesn't happen. So what we did was we would go, we went straight to Pirates of the Caribbean. That's the first ride we would go to. We would wait in line, but once we got in line, we would claim the next one. And we just hopped all day back and mm -hmm. forth. We cranked out 13 rides. So that was one thing definitely recommend. Max pass, however that is now in the future. Yeah. Second thing, don't go through the main gate to go into the park because hmm. you can wait a while outside go to the entrance on the other side of uh california adventure where the incredible coaster is oh so okay if you go on that side that's where like the big hotel is you walk up that street and then there is a security station there just like the other side security station there's no one there. Maybe one or two people getting checked in for their bags. Mm -hmm. You walk right in. That's immediately downtown Disney. Oh, um, okay. You're at the very end of that. So then instead of having to wait in front of the park of Disneyland, rather, to you know go in actually inside, there's that big train thing that goes around the entire park. There's the a monorail, a, I think it's called. Yeah, the monorail. There is a end stop right by that security post. Go on that and get off in Tomorrowland in Disneyland. You completely mm. bypass everything else. And then there you go. You're already in the park. And we did that two days in a row. And okay. you're already there. Like that made life so much easier. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely recommend that. So you got those, you got those hacks in place already. Yeah, and that was just because we chose a hotel on that side of the park, and we just walked from the hotel to the park. Um, See, man, yeah. every, everything happens for a reason. This is a full circle yeah. podcast today. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to call it that. Yeah. Uh, but definitely recommend that. Definitely have Max Pass. Do the whole thing on California Adventure side. Uh, and then in terms of food, there's so many options. I, I usually stick to the Mexican place in, in Disneyland or in downtown Disney. I just remember getting a corn dog when I was there. <laughs> real basic. Yeah, real basic. Probably got a $12 uh, corn dog. Oh my God, right? Speaking of prices, if the next time you go, if you go to the Galaxy's Edge, 
if you're really curious, try their food court. Hmm. But they even know they don't have food there. Yeah, they have their own restaurant there. It's at the very top, kind of like middle section of Galaxy's Edge. I forgot what they call it. And I'm going to tell you what I told what Jeff told me because he went before me. Okay. Definitely try it for the experience, but don't do it a second time. Okay. Because just... you, you pay too much money for not a whole lot of food. And it's just like, what the hell is this kind of it's thing? Kind of like weird looking, foo foo, foo foo, whatever they call it, food looking or what? Yeah. And I got something that I thought would be close to like chow mein that's what it looked like on the picture and it was just so cold i didn't eat most of it and i'm like that's it i'm done like 20 dollars or something yeah i i definitely don't recommend it just go somewhere else in the park it's spend your 15 20 bucks better elsewhere yeah and I'm, I'm definitely i'm i like doing that like the experience aspect of it i like trying things like that um and i'm, I'm okay with spending a little bit more money because like well i went I went here because who knows if I'm like when I'm going to go again, you know, kind of thing. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And at least you try it, you know, if you like it, great. Exactly. Just because it sucked for me doesn't mean it won't suck for you. Yeah. Uh, definitely try the cantina as well. That was a reservation only system at the time. Yeah. And we were there for about an hour. Uh, there were some interesting drinks. Uh, there was one drink, I think it was called the Fuzzy Tauntaun. Um, Sure, that's a drink, Dom. <laughs> that's the, that was what it was on the menu. Um, yeah. It's all Star Wars, yeah. Right? Of course. Uh, so the fuzzy tauntaun is famous for making your lips numb. Um, you just start getting this weird tingling. You're still talking feeling. about a drink, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I am. <laughs> um, Alrighty, I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, and then they had other things that were like close to like a margarita or like uh, mm. other things that we know, right? They try to spin uh, it off as like a Star Wars kind of thing. Basically, yeah. And then That's they have cool. they have a piece of memorabilia in there that anyone can buy. I was so tempted to buy it. It was basically this little shot rack, like r Rancor teeth or something. And oh. they were the shot glasses. But it was like 100 bucks for four of them on the rack. And I was like, it looks so nice. Dude, that just you telling me is worth $100. I would totally buy that. For me, I couldn't justify it because I wanted to spend money on other stuff. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I would rather put that $100 towards like a lightsaber or something. Yeah. And they have a, like two or three shops there to buy Star Wars memorabilia. One in particular is like artifacts in the actual Star Wars world. One of which was a Sith like relic cup like uh oh like a drinking cup yeah like yeah a and i had it. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah it has like it's black and red outlines of like runes or whatever sith uh, insignias so nice and it didn't cost too bad there are other things out there that are really nice a little bit more expensive obviously that's where you want to go oh, okay that's and it's actually and it's actually right by the millennium falcon if you'll oh, see yeah, it. yeah. I've seen pictures of, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, dude, de definitely wor worth it, you know, to look around and all that stuff. Definitely the Star Wars environment. Um, and actually, last time we went, that's when they were doing construction on the Avengers campus. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was right by, uh, I guess now, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah. Man, I'm going to need money for Galaxy's Edge and Avengers campus. Whew. Yeah, definitely a lot of cool stuff. Uh, 
but I think it's safe to say, I'm going to call it there, guys. We're at an hour and 45 minute mark. Uh, definitely the longest episode yeah. of, the, of the podcast. I'm going to give it to Jeff. He's like, all right, whatever. He's <laughs> like, what the? Yeah. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, everybody. This was the Rogue Transmission Podcast. I don't have the graphic up. I don't have my thing set up the way Jeff does it because that's, that's normally from him. But yeah. you can check us out on social media at the Digital Century uh see on facebook instagram uh christian are you still active on on youtube or in any case i know you're active on on instagram where can people find you oh man i am at hold on let me pull, i have no idea what my stuff is uh let's see <laughs> on instagram i am at cj j-u-a-r-e-z 96 and youtube just search up my name christian without an h juarez j-u-a-r-e-z on youtube as well and i have on my youtube and instagram all my links are there as well so if you want to check me out i'm, I'm over there cool cool yeah so thanks for tuning in everybody uh we'll see you on the next episode of the podcast uh just a fair warning if for some reason we don't show up i know we didn't do anything last week we were kind of crazy with time um if we don't show up it's because we're kind of overworked with uh literally with work something with work. personal life yeah yeah doing work it's the things have been getting busy for all of us honestly J christian just got a new job congrats to christian on that oh, thank you sir um, that's gonna be interesting yeah so things are getting crazy up on in all of our lives so bear with us but thanks for tuning in all the way through being yeah. our audience and whatnot and we'll see you next time see you guys